seek him here, they seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? That damned elusive Pimpernel. Red Shoes, as Baroness Orsi's immortal character, the Scarlet Pimpernel. Adventures are the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring as Sir Percy Blakeney. The name of Carl Drury first came to my attention one morning, six months after the outbreak of war with France. I've been summoned to attend upon my old friend Lord Lowther, His Majesty's Secretary for Foreign Affairs, and as usual, the polite fiction was maintained between us. Good morning, Blakeney. Uh, do sit down. Uh, thank you, my lord. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, first, let me say that the matter I have to discuss should be treated in the strictest confidence. Oh, naturally, naturally. I also have to ask you to regard this interview as unofficial. Of course, of course. Uh, for some weeks, we've been keeping an officer by the name of Carl Drury under observation. Uh, really? Uh, he's a colonel on special duty. <laughs> we suspect him of having subversive liaison with the enemy. Last night, he vanished. We believe he's attempting to cross to France. Oh, I wonder why he's trying to do that. Last year, Drury was due for promotion. But owing to certain adverse reports on his conduct, he was passed over in favor of an officer of lesser ability. Oh, dear. From that moment, he seemed to entertain a grudge against the service. We believe that this has caused him to turn traitor. Oh, I suppose you want him uh, found, eh? Uh, yes. Colonel Drury must be brought back dead or alive. Oh, dear. Uh, the question is, who can do it? Any suggestions, Blakeney? No, I'm sorry, my lord. Absolutely none. Oh, pity. Have a sherry, Blakeney? Delighted. Delighted. I made some further inquiries about Colonel Drury. It appeared that his duties had enabled him to examine documents of the most secret nature. He carried in his astute brain details of our troop positions and plans for the future conduct of the war. He was a man of tremendous ability, an adversary with a predatory cunning of a weasel, a worthy disciple of Chauvelin, his master. Two days after my conversation with Lord Lowther, I met Tony Dewhurst by arrangement in Dover. We go separate ways this time, Tony. All right. I shall leave immediately. You follow on the next time. We'll arrange a meeting point in France. Any news of Drury? 
Well, a man calling himself Arthur Jones stayed at the Mitre Inn yesterday, and he answers Joe's description. Hmm, no sign of him now, eh? He must have left this morning. If that's so, he's got a head start. We shall have our work cut out to catch up with him. I went ahead of Tony so as to lose no time in picking up the trail. I felt that by traveling separately, we would excite less attention. The day after our meeting in Dover, I slipped ashore on a lonely stretch of coast a few miles from Dieppe. By nightfall, I was in the town seeking an old friend who would give me shelter, and I hoped news of Colonel Drury. Pierre. Oh, mon ami, such a pleasure to see you. Thanks, Pierre. <laughs> How's life treating you? I must not complain, monsieur. Are you on the beach all day? Yes, monsieur. I believe an Englishman arrived here in port yesterday. Did you notice a tall, dark man with broad shoulders, black moustache and sideburns? Let me think now. Yes, there was such a man. I did not know he was an Englishman. Mm-hmm. Is he still here? He left at midday, monsieur. Such a fuss there was, too. Very important, he seemed. Uh, an Englishman, you say? A renegade Englishman. Oh, he went escorted by a company of soldiers. Traveling south? Oui, monsieur. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Pierre. Goodbye. You are leaving so soon, monsieur? Yes, Pierre. I have no time to lose. <laughs> monsieur has affected a strange appearance this time. I am a valet. <laughs> Hoping to take up a new position shortly. <laughs> you will give that message to my friend when he arrives, Pierre. Of course, monsieur, the instant I see. Uh, Pierre, you do not know what road the soldiers will take. But oui, monsieur, they took the road to saint And tonight they stay at the Chateau Noir. Thank you. <laughs> Set off on the road south, and towards nightfall, I came to an inn near to the Chateau Noir. Citizen! Citizen! Food and stable for my horse! Yes, citizen. Where is your landau? Inside. Citizen Landau! A work with you, please. What can I do for you, citizen? Oh, I am traveling to saint Anian to take up a new position, but the journey is long and... Uh, I have run out of money. I cannot help you, citizen. But you can give me some advice. Gladly. I am told there is a reception at the Chateau Noir this evening. They will perhaps require extra servants. The man in charge of the arrangements is here now. If you will wait a moment, I will speak to him. Oh, thank you, mon ami. Citizen Dupay. You are experienced with backwards? Oh, but yes, citizen. Uh-huh. I've got the mayor of Caen giving me letters of recommendation of the... All right, all right, never mind that. I can use some extra help at the shuttle this evening. Report to me in the seventh hall at six o'clock, and I will give you your instructions. You will receive five thanks for the night's work. Just before I was due to leave for the shuttle, Tony arrived at the inn, and I was able to give him a brief resume of events and plans for the immediate future. Is Colonel Drury at the shuttle? I imagine so. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's taking his time to get to Chauvelin. Whenever he breaks his journey, he's being entertained in style. An important man. He has no fear of pursuit. Apparently not. It doesn't look as though our presence in France had been anticipated by Chauvelin. Well, what are your plans for Drury, eh? Well, that would depend on what happens to me at the Chateau Noir. I kept my appointment with Citizen Dufay and was given my instructions. Then I mingled freely with the other servants, and from inconsequential gossip, I learned something to my advantage. We are saying the guest of honor is an Englishman. It is strange an Englishman should be enjoying such hospitality. Why, <laughs> indeed, he is an army officer. Oh, oh where is Dufay? He wants our Gentlemen, attention. Come on. Listen to me, please. I require the services of a valet. Uh, is there anyone among you with the necessary qualifications? Valet, oh, it is my speciality, Ah, yes, I remember. Yes, you will report for duty to Colonel Dory. Be sure that you give him every satisfaction. Oui, monsieur. Oh, it's a pity we can't find him an English valet, citizen. 
He will see no at home. <laughs> when I attend him, citizen, I'll warn he will never know the difference. <laughs> At your service, more colonel. Ah, you're the valet. Yes, more colonel. Well, I hope you know your business. The army gave me a fellow who was worse than useless. Never valeted anyone in his life. I will endeavor to give every satisfaction, monsieur the colonel. Right. Now lay out my clothes and clear away this luncheon tray and tidy the room. Place looks like a pigsty. Immediately, more colonel. Oh, just a moment. Look at me. Yes, more colonel. You're a Frenchman. What, of course, more colonel. You know, there's something about you that... Yes, more colonel. Looks familiar. If I didn't know it was practically impossible, I'd swear you were an Englishman. I could see that Drury's suspicions of me, slight though they were, would never leave him. It was imperative for me to exercise the utmost caution. One false or unprofessional move in my capacity as valet would be enough to destroy not only my plans, but myself. As I worked, I could feel his eyes upon me. It was like a wary animal, alert to the first hint of danger. <laughs> The first part of my ordeal came to an end at last. Colonel Drury's demands upon my skill as a valet were exacting. But when he was called to take his place as guest of honor at the banquet, he finally pronounced himself satisfied. You say you're going to take up a position at Saint-Amien? Uh, oui, mon colonel. You know, it's a pity. I would consider employing you myself. I am honored, mon colonel, but uh, it's an obligation, you understand. I'd pay you well. A matter of honor, mon colonel. Ah, you're a fool. You should work for the hand that pays you the most. Even I... Even you, mon colonel. What? Oh, nothing. I hope your future employers will be as grateful for all you do for them. Mine never were. I was alone. The presence of this strange, unhappy man lingered in that room after he had gone. I seized the opportunity to examine his clothes and baggage. They contained nothing except ordinary personal possessions. I reflected for a moment on my next course. Chance, the most feeble of all servants, had placed me in a favorable position. I could quite easily murder Colonel Drury and still make good my escape. My country's secrets would be safe, my mission successfully completed. But somehow, in some way, I felt we were destined to meet as adversaries on equal footing. To kill him in cold blood seemed to me like trying to cheat fate. I went out into the grounds of the chateau to revise my plan. Mate. What the devil are you doing here, Tony? I'm hoping to see you. Incidentally, the owner of this place keeps wolf hounds. They're prowling the grounds now. Chauvelin's put out an alert for you. He knows you're in France. The devil must have 10,000 eyes. Well, they haven't done him much good out the mouth. Well, it was the first time. Do you think we were noticed at the end? I don't know. The landlord's been scratching his head trying to remember all the strange faces he's seen in the last 24 hours. It's hardly likely he'll forget yours. Thank you. How long do you think you'll be? I don't know. The moment I could end Colonel Drury's career, the drop of a hat. Why are you hesitating? Uh, I came out here to ask myself the same question. I know it sounds mad, but... Yes? Well, I was instructed to bring him back dead or alive. You don't intend to interpret that literally. Yes, I do, and I intend to bring him back to England, uh, preferably, alive. Scoring returns as the Scarlet Pimpernel.
highest scoring as the Scarlet Pimpernel. I gave Tony instructions, and he returned to the inn to arrange for three horses on which I proposed to escape with him and Colonel Drury. I myself went back to the chateau to await the Colonel's return from the banquet. Ah, oh, there you are. I trust more Colonel spent an enjoyable evening. Oh, that's more excellent. I don't even know your name. What is it? Henri Picard, monsieur. Oh, well, my boots. Pull them off, will you? They're killing me. That runs more Colonel. Ah. Ah. There's some wine in that cupboard. Pour me a glass. Yes, my Colonel. Well, I won't need you anymore. You can go. I trust everything has been to more Colonel's satisfaction. Yes, get out. Thank you, more Colonel. What the devil? Stay in that chair, Dory. I don't have to move a step nearer to you to put this knife through your heart. I can throw with accuracy. Who that? My name is Blakeney. I think I'm better known as the Scarlet Pimpernel. What do you want? It's very simple. I want you to do what I tell you. All right. Very well. Now, I'll explain what I require you to do. You're going to walk with me to the south entrance. If you're challenged by the guards, you will acknowledge them as though you haven't a care in the world. I shall walk close by your side with your cloak over my arm, and this dagger will remain in my hand, its point pressed in your ribs. One false move, Colonel, and you'll never see England again. <laughs> I've no desire to see England but again. But England desires to see you, my dear Colonel. Are you ready? Quite ready. Uh, you first, Colonel. As we entered the courtyard, I heard the sound of approaching horses' hoofs. I pulled Jerry into the shadow of the wall, where he stood listening, my knife pressed to his side. Try to get out of the ground, you'll be attacked by wolf hounds. Simply returning. I've sent someone to call, Colonel Jorge. You better stay on your horse while you're waiting. All clear. Come, move. The hounds. They sent it. Remain where you are. That's ironical, isn't it, Colonel? Any minute from now, you and I may be fighting a common enemy. Well, you'd take me to fight them with my bare hands. Well, break off that tree branch over your head. But be sure you use it on the dogs, Colonel. <laughs> Look out! Behind you! The guy's in a ring. Like wolves. They're falling back for a moment. Watches! <laughs> coming this way! And so is this, Blakeney! Oh! Oh. Over here, men! Hold your jumps up! This is Colonel Drury! I've captured the Pimpernel! The blow by which Drury knocked me down was inadvertently the means of saving my life. For a few moments I lay half stunned on the ground, while the soldiers drew nearer in response to Drury's call. 
Before they arrived, the dogs renewed their attack on Jerry. Jerry was far too busy to pay any attention to me. I started to crawl away, using the thick undergrowth for cover. Where's Brickley? Look for Brickley, you fool. He can't be far away. Brickley, are you all right? Well, where are the horses? Come back here, quick. Hurry, Brickley. I think they've seen us. Oh, ah, let me help you. I'm all right. Look yourself. Most of the night, Colonel Drury's hunters became the hunted. We took refuge in the woods, abandoning the horses on the open plain. Then before dawn broke in the skies, we made our way back towards the Chateau Noir. Close to the main gates, we waited. Let me. Yes, it looks as though they're moving off. Uh, an entire company for escort. <laughs> Not taking many chances, are we? Drury is riding in front of the commanding officer. We've got to stay with them. They'll keep to the main road. If we take a shortcut through the fields, we can keep abreast. Come on. With daylight breaking, the task of keeping Drury in sight without exposing ourselves became increasingly difficult. It was impossible to form any kind of strategic plan. Our campaign could only be shaped by events. We were skirting a thick wood on high ground, a mile away from the cavalcade escorting Drury, when the unexpected happened. Blakeney, beyond that hill. Soldiers, sir. They look like scarlet uniforms, Blakeney. They're English dragoons moving to attack. Follow me, quickly. The French are staggering. Looks as though I worked with this before. Not on your life. Come up here, you can see the road clearer. There he goes, our colonel. The rest of the company are covering his retreat. There's a runaway horse on the road coming towards us. Well, I get him. Charles, I want yourself and follow. With a good horse to ride, I was able to keep the fringe of the battle zone and the colonel in sight. Tony was equally lucky. Our men were finally outnumbered, and the retreat bugle sounded. But we followed Colonel Drury into the hills. We came upon him quite suddenly on a high ledge overlooking the plain where the battle had been fought. The gap separating us was narrow. A precipice lay between us. You've come a long way to die, Blakeney. Don't elate yourself too soon, my friend. <laughs> Why didn't you try and jump across, eh? The elusive Pimpernel isn't afraid, is he? No, just cautious. We'll sit here and exchange compliments. Well, the longer we sit, the better it'll be for me. If you turn your head to the right, Blakeney, you'll see what I mean. I saw what he meant. A cavalcade of horsemen approaching the ridge below us. They were less than a quarter of a mile away. In a few more minutes, Drury could easily attract their attention. Perhaps you're right, Drury. There is a time to throw caution to the winds. Blakeney, you're not going to jump. For heaven's sake, man, you'll never make it. I will. Back heavens, he's done it. Madman. Not mad enough for you, Drury. Let's see how strong you are. Ah. Two feet, Drury. Only two. Time for one short pair. Harry, then you get it started. Hey, sir. Hold your leg. Hold. Hurry, my hands. Hurry, Blake. 
Dazed by a sudden blow from Jury, and with the soldiers only a few feet below, it looked as though a miracle alone could save us. Jury was trying to finish me with the butt end of his musket. I tore desperately a piece of loose rock to ward him off, and as I hurled it, Jury slipped, and as he fell, he struck his head on a rock and lay there unconscious. Make me! There's a path across the top over there to the right. Hold on to him, and I'll bring the horses round to you. I seized hold of Jury and scrambled up towards the hidden path. Higher, ever higher, dragging me behind me, using the rocks as cover from the soldiers' bullets. Once again, we were being hunted like animals, but I would not let go my hold of Jury. Let's leave him, Blakely. We'll never get to the coast if we take him with us. No, no, we must. We must. The issue between Jury and myself seemed to have become entirely personal. I had to get him back to England alive. I slung the unconscious man across my horse. Slowly and painfully, we made our escape, and the distant shouts of the soldiers died away. Night covered the hills at last, and for a couple of hours we could sleep. Well, Jerry, two more hours, and then England. The pleasure's entirely yours. May I ask you one question? By all means. Why go to all this trouble to take me back to certain death when you might have killed me at the beginning? I think I can answer that question for you. You see, Blakeney is a man of principle. He's just refused to take his own course. But perhaps principle can be carried too far sometimes. Tony, you and I will go for a little stroll around the deck. Perhaps Drury would like to end this. In his own way. Thank you, Brayton. Goodbye. I'm sure the Pimpernel would have prevented it, Blakeney, if it had been necessary. He was a traitor, of course. But uh, he fought and died bravely. Quite. Glass of sherry, Blakeney? Uh, no, thank you, my lord. I think not. This time. Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring, is produced by Harry Allen Tarr.